just today as I was preparing and thinking about biblical kindness. And when I started studying, it seemed easy. I mean, kindness is easy, isn't it? It's easy to define. It's even easy to be kind. And that little boy just uh, illustrated something very powerful. Being kind in the memory of a father he'll never know. And by the grace of God, hopefully they'll know each other in heaven. And yet, that little boy was impacted in a way that exemplifies a biblical kindness. Mm-hmm. And kindness then is not as simple, I think, as we might imagine. So how do we define it? How do you define kindness? But I have three definitions here. <laughs> Loving your neighbor as yourself. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Sacrificial gift. Sacrificial gift. Like giving something not expecting anything bad. I'm giving something without expecting anything in return. The Webster's, Miriam Webster, 2014 edition, defines kindness this way, the quality or state of being kind. Okay, but what does that mean? (laughs) There's only one other definition in the 2014 Merriam-Webster, and it says, a fundamental nature or quality in Perrin's essence. Okay, that gets a little closer. My favorite dictionary, of course, is the 1957 Webster's, <laughs> <laughs> when words were defined properly. <laughs> and it says, the 1957 Webster says, affectionate, loving, mm-hmm. of a sympathetic nature, mm-hmm. pleasant, considerate, mm-hmm. agreeable. I like that. Uh, 57 was a good year. <laughs> I have a real 1957 Web- Webster's, and I and I always compare. Whenever I'm whenever I'm doing anything, I take the I take the new because uh, you know, words change over time. And it's interesting how many words aren't in the 2014 that are in the 1957, and vice versa. It's it's really amazing when you start looking through what has happens to definitions, and the culture does that. Wasn't that given to you? But what? No, Ed oh. gave me a, a, a dictionary that's an English dictionary that is uh, 4,700 pages long or something like that. Yeah, it's a big this thick. Yeah. It's that thick. That he found it at a garage sale. And, you know, Ed, he found it, he bought it for a dollar, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, he showed his kindness. He showed his kindness. But then there's one other definition, isn't there? There's one other place to go to get a definition of kindness, and that's the Bible. And so, and that's the basis on which we have to start, because the Webster's is going to give us a more secular cultural version, which is why I like the 1957 vintage uh, compared to the more current vintage. But 
The biblical definition for kindness, so biblical kindness, is more apt to be described like this, or defined this way. A gracious disposition in character and attitude. A willingness to that which is right and good. Hmm. And therefore, we take a look at this biblical kindness and what the Bible then has to teach us about it, and we have to set aside what the culture would tell us, and we have to look very strongly at what the Bible would tell us, and then we have to think about both these fruit of the Spirit, uh, kindness and goodness, and boy, they're very closely aligned, kindness and goodness. And so when I started, I thought we would go through both of them at the same time until I realized that, wait a minute, this kindness, this biblical kindness is really important. And I found out how important it was because the Bible has a lot to say about it. And so we're going to take a look at what the Bible has to say about it. Mm -hmm. A gracious disposition in character and attitude. I love that because the fruit of the Spirit are all what? Mm -hmm. Every one of the, of the, the one of the nine... Yeah, there's nine that are one. What are they? Gifts. They're gifts. Mm-hmm. And what else are they? Character attributes, Character attributes of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were made in the image of God, and these are the fruit of the Spirit, and the more we are pursuing God in acts of obedience, the more of these character qualities, they just, we don't have to do them, they just, they just are. Mm-hmm. The more Christ-like we become as we go through the sanctification process, the more we don't have to do these things. We find out that we're just doing these things. It's very interesting. And so it's another one of those biblical truths that's so exciting to me because if I think about what the character qualities and the attributes of God are and that we're we're made in his image and that he wants us to be more like him, more Mm Christ-like, and then I read these fruit of the Spirit, I say, ah, it starts to make a lot more sense that I don't have to go out and pursue these things. They actually become a derivative of becoming more Christ-like and and more godly. And and that's a a really good thing. I don't have to work at it. Mm -hmm. Or better yet, I don't have to work for it. It's a gift. And he gives it to us. I turn to Galatians 5.22. It's what we've been looking at for the last several weeks. Oh, wait. Here, I cut these long and skinny. Oh, good. <laughs> I can watch these things. He knows that. So those are... <laughs> he knows Those are all the biblical references we may get to tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we look at the rest. Oh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So Galatians 5.22 is the fruit of the Spirit. Anybody have it memorized yet? Good. Uh-huh. One extra, too. Oh, I did. Did everybody hear that? No, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Tina didn't hear because she was talking. That's right. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Tina. Tina. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking very loud, was I? No, you were. But the, but the fruit of the Spirit is 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, no? Only one more. And self-control. And self-control. It depends on which version you're reading there, but yes. Long-suffering. Yes, long-suffering or patience, so, so depending on which translation you're reading. So, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Some say forbearance. Okay. And these are the fruit of the Spirit, and so what are we talking about tonight? Kindness. So, keep that video in mind as we go through these biblical references on kindness, and I think that will even become more... Um, powerful because one of the things that is stirred up in us when we see a video like that is what? Emotion. Mm -hmm. I saw Kleenex come out. (laughs) That's a Kleenex moment. Shameless plug for whoever makes Kleenex. Um, I have a nap. It's a tissue moment. And so as we take a look at this at this kindness, kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. We see it right here. And let's take a look at what else it is. Because is there other biblical reference to kindness? Of course there is. Turn to Colossians 3.12. Mm-hmm. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience. What are we to clothe ourselves with? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And the one thing that we're supposed to clothe clothe ourselves with that we're talking about tonight is kindness. kindness. So the Apostle Paul tells us to clothe ourselves in in kind. Clothe ourselves in kindness. I like that because clothe. Uh, it's is used in the NIV, right? Is that the NIV that you're reading out of? Yeah, so clothed is used because in the original word in the Greek means to put on. And that was the closest thought that they could come up with, to clothe yourself. What do you do in the morning when you get up, hopefully? You clothe yourself, you get dressed. And so what's required for you to clothe yourself? Effort. Effort. Mm-hmm. And what else? Clothes. Oh, clothes. <laughs> Clearly. A mirror. A, mirror. <laughs> a desire. A desire. Yeah. A, you have to have the desire and you've made the decision. Mm-hmm. I am going to get dressed and I'm going to make a decision what I'm going to wear and I am going to clothe myself. It's an action item. There you go. So each one of these fruit of the Spirit we've been talking about have all been action items, haven't they? So insofar as it is a fruit of the Spirit, which is something that we don't have to pursue, Paul tells us to get up in the morning and clothe ourselves, which is an action item, which is a decision that we have to make, which is an attitude. Well, so wait a minute. Isn't that confusing then? If it's a gift of the Holy Spirit and it is a fruit it is an evidence Mm -hmm. so if we were in a court of law and they were going to try to prosecute us for being kind is there any evidence to support the fact that we're kind could we be convicted of that Um, the fruit of the Spirit is an evidence Mm -hmm. but Paul tells us that we must 
clothe ourselves. It's a choice. So help me understand the difference between this choice that we that we are privileged to make. We get to choose to clothe ourselves in kindness today. And yet, if we choose to clothe ourselves in kindness, we don't actually have to physically go out and think about being kind because the scriptures also tell us that it is a fruit of the Spirit. It is a manifestation of doing good. Are those in conflict with one another? Well, you can't just say no. You gotta, you gotta tell us what's why. Why aren't they in conflict with one another? Well, goodness, if you're a good person to begin with, you wouldn't think to do evil to anyone, mm. and you would want to be kind to them. Mm-hmm. So it's an expression of what you are, in a way. Oh, it's a, oh, that's good. All right, Dor. So it's an expression of what or who better put, frankly, is who you are. Mm-hmm. Ah. So, who, who's in us? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. Hmm. And who is the Holy Spirit? It's God. God. See, never forget, it's about Jesus. 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 The Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? We can't keep our, we can never take our eyes off of him. And God the Holy Spirit is in us. And Paul gives us a command. The Holy Spirit gives us a command through Paul to then, because we are God's chosen, to clothe ourselves in kindness. Because kindness is love in action. That's what it is. Kindness is love in action. When I was looking for this video that I that I chose because it, it was a because I knew it was a tissue moment. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, I ran across I ran across others, and these it, I mean, you know, the internet is both a good and a bad thing, but <clears throat> in a good way, uh, you know, you can just Google random acts of kindness, and you will see all kinds of interesting things. And mm-hmm. and I saw videos of a, a guy that's riding a motorcycle, and he has a he has a helmet cam on, you know, and and there's a and there's a, and this is the kind of a guy riding a motorcycle that you would think wouldn't be a kind person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lady that's trying to get across a busy street and there's no crosswalk. And he mm-hmm. stops his motorcycle in the middle of the street and gets off and walks over to her. And of course, there's no audio. It's just the video. And he puts his arm around her and grabs her hand and walks her across the street and gets her and gives her a hug and gets on. And you're, and you're thinking, uh, you know, at first thought, you'd think the guy should be in prison. <laughs> but no, I mean, it was... You know what I mean? And so there, there it is. There's this, this act of kindness. What motivated that? Do you have to be a Christian to be kind? Yeah, that kind of kindness. <laughs> you know? No, there's good people from a secular point of view all over the place. And from a biblical point of view, there's not one good. Not even one. <laughs> not even one. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, none of that exists. We can do nothing. For kingdom purposes, we can do nothing without the Holy Spirit. Nothing. Interesting. 
So it is an expression of love and it's both visible and active. Kindness is both visible and active. What is required to produce one act of kindness? Servant's heart. Okay. What else is required if you're going to if you're going to leave here or before you leave here, you want to do something out of kindness, biblical kindness. What is required? Okay. And as a practical matter, think about something that you could do in the next hour that would be kind. It requires another person, doesn't it? It's an act of service. Kindness is, biblical kindness is an act of service. Because by definition, it has to be. Because it's love in action. And so if you love somebody, you self-sacrificially do something for them, don't you? Okay? I don't love that bench. Okay? But because Doris loves me, she's going to... No, you're not going to move the bench, Doris. But, but you, get, you would, though. Yeah. But there's a whole bunch of people in this room that wouldn't let you. But the, that's not the point. The point is, it's love in action. It's visible, and it requires another person. It's an act of service. Because you always, to be doing an act of biblical kindness, which is service self-sacrificially for others, others, uh, by definition, means that there's got to be somebody else. So, that's really interesting. Why should you be kind, then? Why should we be kind? It's a character of the Lord. Because it's a character of the Lord. Okay? How do you, how do you know that it's a, it's a character quality of God? The Bible tells us so. Okay. Turn to Ephesians 2.8. And then somebody tell me what that means. Ephesians 2.8. You will be very familiar with this verse. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourself. It is a gift of God. There's some very important words in that. Or did you see? Is there kindness anywhere in that in in that verse? Ver- no. It, not the word itself. No, the word itself isn't there. No. But the implication. How? How? How is it implied? Okay, it's gift. Okay, so gift of God. So kindness is a gift of God. And we have been saved because of God's kindness. Oh, God's... So grace yes. is... is how do you, what, What's the definition? I know this, I know this great little church and they've been preaching a lot lately on grace. So what is the definition of grace? Unmerited favor. And what's, and what's another word for favor? <laughs> yeah, I mean, here it is. This is... I mean, this is a powerful verse, is it not? I mean, I don't want to make light of it. By grace, God's grace, unmerited favor, His love, His kindness, every single attribute that He has, by every single attribute of God, you have been saved through faith. Through faith in Jesus Christ, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Boy, it's... And I read that. It just it encompasses this whole thing, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. This whole thing. So, so grace is un, 
merited favor. Grace is kindness. Grace is a character quality of God that's profound. It is. When you think about what he had to do to save us. And what else did he do for us? He's preparing a place for us to go to. Okay, and what else? And he sustains us here. He's just, and what else? <laughs> and the, I'll give you the Greek. I'll give you the Greek word and tell and see if you can translate it back into English. The Greek word is uh, everything. <laughs> yeah, he's done everything, and everything that he did was for us. That's mind-boggling. I, I, I don't uh, that, see in the human realm that's not possible. I, I, certainly, I don't have the capacity for that. I don't. I don't know that anybody else. But God does. God has the capacity. Always was. Always will be created out of nothing. Everything for us. Unto himself. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You want to tell somebody some good news about kindness? Mm-hmm. That's a good place to start. <laughs> this is the God mm-hmm. that we serve mm-hmm. and we love. It's amazing. So, what kind of responsibility then do we have to be kind? We were created for good works. Huh. We were created for good works. Careful, Doris, you're threading. You're threading. That's that's a, a whole another word for threading. <laughs> threading. What is the word when you're on thin ice? I'm trying to I'm trying to go down the thin ice route. You know that mornings are my better time of the day. Just so you know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know, obviously, in terms of kindness. As followers of Christ, aren't we to be the example? Mm-hmm. And who was ours? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. It's amazing. We look all around for these acts of kindness, and we, you know, and we are we're brought to tears because it's powerful when we see a video uh, like that because it stirs up all that human emotion, and yet, really, Jesus is the one who set the example in every single way. Mm-hmm. The Samaritan woman, everybody, every, every, there isn't an example that exists that, that isn't kindness. I've, I've read that before. Be aware that somebody's watching as you go along your way. Your example is remembered more than anything you say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No question. Yeah. The rest of it. There's no better sermon and a good example. Exactly right. And if necessary, use words. And if necessary, use words. Yeah. Turn to Matthew seven twelve. We're going to look at a couple of these scriptures, and then we're going to look at five S words that are going to help us understand what kindness looks like. But before we get to those five S words, there's going to be a brief quiz. So I'm going to just stress you out about that a little bit first. Matthew 7:12 says what? 
Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Hmm. New King James. NIV. So in everything do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Isn't that the golden rule? Have you heard that one before? <laughs> That's the golden rule. Mm-hmm. It, I'm telling you, if you use that uh, in, 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 in some quarters in the church, if it, isn't, isn't the golden rule biblical? Mm-hmm. No. No, it's not that. really. It's not really. The Bible is biblical. But <clears throat> uh, I like the NASB. It says, in everything, mm-hmm. there's that word again, mm-hmm. in everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. That's the, that's the uh, NASB. Uh, I like that. Proverbs 21, 21. And when you turn in there, stick your finger in Proverbs 11 along the way, because that's what we're going next. Pursues righteousness and love, finds life, prosperity, and honor. Mm. You want me to read? Uh huh. Okay. He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. NIV person. I just read. Oh, is that the NIV? Oh, because I don't have it in front of me. That was the NIV. And you had the New King James. Who has something else? English Standard. Okay, English Standard. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. Ah, I like that. I, I ran across the one that, that I like. It's, that's, uh, that's very similar, and that's the Young's Literal Translation, which I, I like this because it's a little bit old English. Whoso is pursuing righteousness and kindness findeth life, righteousness, and mm-hmm. honor. So, in the pursuit of righteousness and kindness, um, the writer of Proverbs there tells us that what are we going to find? Righteousness and honor. Righteousness and honor and life. Oh, yes. And life. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, as we're pursuing righteousness and... This says we're to pursue kindness. And yet kindness, back to when we started here half an hour ago, and yet kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit, but we have to clothe ourselves in it. It manifests itself after we make the decision mm-hmm. that we're going to put it on. And we're going to put it on in whose power? Power. Yeah, the power of the Spirit. Because if we're not going to walk in the Spirit, I don't care if you have every brand of clothing in your closet mm-hmm. is the brand of kindness and you put it on in your own strength and decide that you're going to go out today, you're, you're not there. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be trying to do kind acts and deeds in your own strength. Mm-hmm. And somehow your attitude comes through. And they'll notice it. And what's the first thing that people notice about your attitude when you have put on kindness in your own strength? Pride. Ah, a puffed up chest comes out. And look at me like the Pharisees. And you want everybody to see what you did as opposed to there being nobody around. 
Now that's a biblical construct that we can spend a lot of time on in, in every aspect of our Christian walk, right? Giving, <laughs> serving in every aspect. You do it, do it quietly, you know. And and what and God really honors that, right? But what did what does the Bible tell us about those that have their chests puffed out and they're doing it to be seen? They've already received their reward in full. It was meaningless. You might as well take the money out of the bucket. You might as well run the little old lady in the just run her down. It, it, you know, from in, in God's from God's point of view, that that was nothing. That was nothing. And that, that's a hard teaching, but it's a biblical teaching. It's a biblical teaching. And then what about Proverbs eleven seventeen? The merciful man does good for his own soul. But he, but he who, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. Mm. NIV. An evil man is bent only on rebellion. A merciless official will be sent against him. What's that? No, 11, 17. Oh, 11. <laughs> 7. I got it around the other way. 17. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A kind man benefits himself. The cruel man brings trouble on himself. And so, so this pursuit then of kindness benefits whom? Himself. I, I love it. You know, when people say, well, I just, I don't know what God's will is for my life, or I'm looking for God's blessing, and, and, <clears throat> For those people that are spirit-filled believers, that are walking in the spirit, they're living in the spirit, and they do a kind act of service just because it, they don't even think about it; they just they just do it. Um, uh, the Bible says last week we looked at the Bible that says that you your reward is both here and now and later. God wants to know what did you do with what I gave you. Whoa, awesome. What did I do with what I gave you? I think it's going to be awesome in our own eyes until, until everything is revealed to us. And then we're going to go, oh, there's a lot of stuff I missed. Huh? I think there's a lot of stuff we miss. Those who are kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. So what does it mean to be a kind person? We're talking about being a kind person. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And it's also something that we put on. It's an attitude. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's love and action. It's love and action. Okay? Mm -hmm. So if it's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in us, mm -hmm. and if it's a manifestation of our sanctifying walk in the Lord, we're moving forward. We're, we're, we're being sanctified. Uh, you know, we're being uh, tested. Um, and we're growing. And hopefully we're moving forward. Uh -huh. And in the Lord, and um, you know, we have this desire to be obedient. Uh, what is what is it? What does kindness look like? We watched the video that gets on twenty bucks. Mm. <laughs> well, you're not selfish. You give it, you give things away mm. if you're kind. Okay, I have to tell a story now. <laughs> um, I used to live behind the. What's now Vons? It was a Safeway store, mm -hmm. and I was about eleven. You talk about a funny way that God works. 
And I found a purse in the parking lot in a shopping cart. And so I did the right thing as an 11-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. I rifled through the purse, stole the money, and then put the purse into the store manager and said, I found this purse in the parking lot. And then I went home and I bragged about it because that's what 11-year-old boys do. And my sister ratted me out. <laughs> and my dad, uh, who was on a business trip and wasn't home, and he was uh, in Washington, D.C., um, talked to my mother and he wrote me a letter, which I still have. Mm-hmm. And he told me how disappointed he was in me and that I didn't do the right thing, which was crushing in and of itself mm-hmm. as an 11-year-old boy. And uh, he said we would deal with it when he got home. So, I remember, we were not church-going people. My punishment? I had to earn $22. Well, I was 11 a long time ago, and $22 was a lot of money. And it took me a long time to earn $22. And I worked my tail off to earn $22. And you know what he made me do? Nope. I had to go to the... I had to go to the manager at the store and I had to apologize so because he couldn't remember who the lady was that I stole the purse from. And then my dad made me take the money to the Presbyterian church and put it in the offering plate. Mm-hmm. That's what my dad made me do. And so that was really kind of my first exposure. I mean, I went to church when I was 11. Actually, by that time, I was about 12. And I put $22 in the offering plate. Hmm. Very interesting. I look back on that now thinking, okay, Lord, <laughs> I'm not sure where that fit in this whole, in this whole plan of yours. But it was an interesting thing, wasn't it? And so here we have this kindness issue, and we have to deal with what does it look like? Okay, and we read that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a biblical construct. Okay. I put my purse in, park, in a, a shopping cart, mm-hmm. and I went back, and somebody had turned it in, and they did not steal anything out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very happy about it. <laughs> well, turn to Philippians 2 4. Five words that start with S that will be a clear manifestation of what kindness looks like. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to know what it looks like. The little boy gave twenty dollars to that soldier. That was a very kind act. What was behind that? It was a selfless act. It was a selfless act. Although none of the S words are in this. <laughs> you don't know what the five S words are. <laughs> it doesn't have any S words in it. Yeah, you don't have the, any of the S words anywhere that we're going to look, but you're going to remember the S words when we get done. Okay, so here's the first S word, Philippians 2 4. Who would like to read that? Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Ah, so we're to look out for the interest of others. We don't need to read that in any other Mm -hmm. translation. Mm -hmm. It's really clear, isn't it? Mm -hmm. 
what I love about the Bible is where it's very clear, it's usually just very clear. Okay? So each of you should look not to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. So what does it then require of us to be kind? What do we need what do we need to be aware of about others? We what do we need to be what's what, what should we be in this part of it? Yeah. Close, close. You're getting really close. It starts with sin. So too. We have to be sensitive. Uh, I think you like this one. Sin. Not SI. So, if we're going to be aware of the needs of those around us, and we are going to do it selflessly, and we are not going to look to our own interests. This sounds very much like love, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound very much like the like the biblical definition of agape love? And we need to be looking around and be sensitive to others. Question: Are we? <laughs> Go ahead. It says, Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing to take on the very nature of a servant, being made in the human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Wow. So you think the Lord was sensitive? To us, I'll say. I'll say. So kindness always starts with sensitivity to the needs of others. Always being sensitive to the needs of others. Because it's impossible. It's impossible to be sensitive to the needs of others and selfish at the same time. They are incompatible. So the less selfish we are, the more sensitive that we can be to the needs of those around us. I love that in the, in the church body. That's what I love about this church body is, is that people... And one of the things that happens when you know uh, people well um, is that it's... Uh, people actually are a little bit more willing to kind of let you in because, you know, with even in families, that, that doesn't happen uh, often. You know, and, and we have to work at that because our old nature tends to creep up sometimes. But as the less our old nature is in there <laughs> and we realize that, you know, that, that, that we are dead to that, um, the more sensitive we are and the less selfish we are. And, and I see it happening all the time. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Um, turn to uh, Proverbs 15.4 so sensitive S word number one Proverbs 15.4 the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life but it is a peaceful tongue crushes the spirit little truth to that, is there not? 
Okay? And so this proverb is talking about kindness in what context? Speech, talking, exactly right. And so what do we know? Speak kindly. We're talking about kindness here. So speak kindly. And so uh, this, this proverb, if you paraphrase this proverb without looking at it again, just tell me what it says. Speak kindly. Yeah. Lift people up with our words. Okay, I mean, there's going to be some conviction in this room. I'm telling you right now, uh, I can guarantee you somebody in this room is convicted on this proverb. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a, a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Even if I'm the only one, I can tell you that there are times when something comes out of your mouth and, oh boy, <laughs> you regret it, don't you? Yeah. Because it wasn't a positive thing, and you didn't even mean it. It wasn't even malicious, but it wasn't uplifting. Mm. It didn't do... It, and the ones that we love the most is the ones that we do that with the most. Mm. Mm. So forgive us, Lord, for that. Yeah. So we want to be the S word with our language supportive sensitive and supportive if somebody's struggling bring them a kind word Proverbs 15.4 in the uh, Good News Bible I'm sorry I know you don't like the new living in the Good News Bible some of those paraphrased type Bibles but check it out it's good it says, kind words bring life. The rest of it you can finish off because it's about the same as, as the NIV. Kind words bring life. So, you can be supportive or you can destroy somebody by what you say to them. I've told that you know this because I've said it here several times. That I, still, I know somebody uh, that for the last 45 years has, has behaved a particular way because of a very, very destructive comment that was made multiple times, but only by one person um, in in their early high school years, and it has affected the rest of their life, and they and they aren't over it, mm. and they believed a lie that was said, and it was malicious and destructive to them. Mm. And they've lived that, and there's nothing that has happened yet in their life to get them over it. We know the answer. We know where to go. We know how to get rid of that. We know who to give it to. But isn't it funny when you're a kid, you're like, well, it's just a sound, but words never hurt me, but words do. It's a lie. Because Proverbs 15.4 says that a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that could be a lifetime. That could be a lifetime. Proverbs 10.32. We're talking about supportive speech here in terms of being kindness. A great way to be kind is with our mouth. Proverbs 10.32. The mouth the the yeah, the good news Bible says righteous people know the kind thing to say, but the wicked always saying things to hurt. 
So righteous people say the right things. Who's righteous? Who's holy? Who's a saint? Yeah. <laughs> no. The biblical truth is, who's a saint? Saint Susan. Okay. My mirror tells me that every morning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so, you know, the lips of the righteous, every saint knows what's acceptable. There isn't one of us sitting in this room that doesn't know what's an acceptable thing to say. The Bible doesn't say we always do it. The Bible says that we know. Okay. So we should be saying the right things. So how supportive are we with our words? Do you lift up or do you tear down? That's a good question to ask, especially if you're angry. But don't worry about that. We're going to talk about self-control in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Who can you think of in biblical times, Old Testament times, is a great example. There are many, so if you can think of a good one. Who is a great example of someone who was done wrong in a big way and then spoke very kindly? Um, Joseph. Joseph. The story of Joseph, you know, in Genesis. And, and we, we don't have to read that story now, but, you know, I, I'm, you know <laughs> they meant it for harm and God meant it for good. And, and what did he do when his brothers came back? And, you know, I mean, this poor guy. You know, sold into slavery. All of a sudden, he, he you know, he's given the, uh, you know, the keys to the kingdom, and he's the he's the Pharaoh's right hand man. And then he gets accused of, 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 of rape, basically, uh, mm-hmm. thrown into prison, forgotten about, um, comes back out, and, and 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 is given free reign over the country again. And then his brothers show up, and mm-hmm. you know, and I always think about that story, and I always think, you know, I just want to kill him. <laughs> you know, um, but what did he do? He showed kindness in word and deed. Wow! And they expected him to be angry and not to be kind. They were petrified because they thought that they were going to get what? What they deserved. <laughs> And that's, that's what a beautiful example because there it is. I mean, here's that. I mean, this is, this is Jesus, you know. Here, here it is. And so are we going to get what we deserve? No. No, Joseph, it's a, such a beautiful story that in terms of how, how kind he was. And so what did he do with those kind words and his kind actions? What was the result of... Joseph's kindness to his brothers after all of those years. Give life to their spirits. Life to their spirits. Exactly right. Give them food. Hope. Love and reconciliation. What did he do with his kindness? He reconciled something that was very dysfunctional and broken. Oh boy, could we all learn from that. I'm convinced that there's nobody sitting in this room that doesn't have some degree of dysfunction within the context of their family uh, environment. Because I have never met anybody yet that has that perfect. Because we have to go to heaven for that to exist. Okay? And so, kindness. 
Okay? Supported. The next S word. Turn to Romans 12, 15. Romans 12:15 Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Is that hard to interpret? No. Rejoice with those who rejoice. What does that mean? Be happy for them. Woohoo! Yeah. Be happy for them, no matter what. And weep with those who weep. Hmm. Mine says mourn. Yeah. Mourn. Okay. Mourn or weep. Yeah. The same thing. He's talking about sympathy and empathy. What's the difference? What is sympathy? Feeling. And what's empathy? Been there, done that. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I can. It's much easier to have sympathy for somebody because when somebody's hurting, don't you feel that hurt with them? You know. But boy, if you've been there. Oh, that's a whole different thing, isn't it? It's so much easier to relate if you've been there and to empathize with somebody. And so Romans twelve fifteen says that, man, if somebody's experiencing a crisis of some kind and you don't know what to say, don't say anything. Because all you really need to do to be... And that's an act of kindness. Just be there. I don't know how many times I've stuck my foot in my mouth by trying to say the right words when there weren't any. Mm-hmm. There wasn't one. But I, I, I wasn't sufficiently mature enough to understand that what I needed to do was just be there. That's what was important. And so, being sympathetic, the third S word, being sympathetic to those around us. I mean, we've got to exhibit that sympathy and empathy, but sympathetic, as Romans twelve fifteen would point out to us. And so, who's the supreme example in the Bible of somebody that showed sympathy? Jesus. <laughs> What's our life about? Jesus. It's about Jesus. Yeah. In John 11.35 is the shortest verse in the Bible. What was he weeping over? The death of Lazarus. See, this is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. And what did he do? He raised Lazarus from the dead. That's right. But he wept. And a real physical sign of showing just sympathy because that's there was a lot of weeping going on. Mm-hmm. And the Lord wept. He wept. I love that because mm-hmm. you see I can now, I can now relate. I can relate to that. He wept. Christ likeness then is kindness. You want to be more kind? Okay. Decide to be more Christ-like. Because he's the example. So is kindness always received with gratitude? No. 
Why not? Because what? So the oh, so the receiver's pride. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so then, what kind of what kind of biblical kindness then do you think would be the most difficult kind of kindness to receive? If you're saying that somebody wouldn't couldn't receive kindness because of perhaps problem with pride or some other type of problem, what kind of biblical kindness then is the most misunderstood or the most difficult type of kindness for somebody to receive? I'll turn to Proverbs 24, 26 first, and then, <laughs> then we'll answer that question. Unconditional love, maybe? Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of. Kind of. If this, what I'm thinking of would, would be a condition of unconditional love. Does that make sense? No, that doesn't make sense. No. How can you have a condition on something that's unconditional? <laughs> that's bad English, isn't it? Yeah. Not, and it's bad thinking, too. <laughs> Somebody read Proverbs twenty four twenty six. Mm-hmm. He who gives the right answer kisses the lips. Oh, that's what, this one says. that's what that one says. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Okay. Anybody else have a different one? Robert? <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Proverbs twenty four twenty six. Okay. Whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. I found in the contemporary English version. I'm sorry, I got this electronic Bible. I, yeah, I have like 173 translations. But Proverbs 24:26. Listen to this. In the contemporary English translation, says this: Giving an honest answer is a sign of true friendship. Kindness. Then, this is the, is this the fourth S word? Yes, this would be the fourth S word. Okay. A kind person then is straightforward. Straightforward. Or sincere. Yeah, but it has to start with an S. Sincere is. Okay. Sometimes being kind biblically means what? According to Proverbs 24, 6, giving an honest answer is a sign of true friendship. When does somebody want not want to have an honest answer? When they don't want to hear what it is that you've got to tell them that's honest. Okay, think of this in the context of the church now. Oh, boy. Why don't we do church discipline anymore? Oh, yeah, that's tough, huh? That's tough. Church discipline is tough. Um, But what does Proverbs 24, 26 mean then? (laughs) That giving an honest answer is a sign of true friendship. What What does that mean? You're looking out the best interest of the other person. Beautiful. Because you're looking out for the best interest. Now, is there a way to do that and a way not to do that? Biblically? You better believe it. Mm -hmm. And is it done incorrectly more times than it's done correctly? Probably. 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 
which is why it's very difficult for some people to receive. What is necessary for, for you to be very candid with somebody and to be very sincere with them and to give them an honest answer? What's required? A relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a relationship. How many times have you seen it when somebody doesn't have a relationship with somebody and they want to correct them anyway? Mm-hmm. And how is that generally received? Yeah. Not, not so good. Mm-hmm. Not, not so good. Mm-hmm. See, friends that care enough will always tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. But a friend denotes somebody that you have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's a brother or sister in Christ. That's what we're referring to when we say friends here. Okay? So uh, Proverbs 24, 26 really is talking about um, this this. This sign of true friendship, especially in the church, okay, brothers and sisters in Christ, will tell you not what you want to hear, but what? What you need to hear. Yeah. See, biblical truth without being holier than thou, boy, there's a fine line there, isn't there? Okay. And that comes with relationship. Is God honest with you? See, that's, I love that about, about this God that we serve. He's never changed, ever. And we can count on it. And he deals with us consistently. And everything that he does for us is in our best interest. The epitome of love and kindness. Okay? Because we tend to sugarcoat that kindness, don't we? So being that kind of kind means that we have to be willing to be, ah, here's this word, this is a C word, confrontational. Oh, that has a negative connotation, doesn't it? It has a negative connotation. But if you, you don't want to go there now, but if you, if you want to tonight, you can just read Galatians 2. And Galatians 2 is, is this, this confrontation between Paul and, and Cephas who, who was dealing with hypocrisy in the church. And it was causing all kinds of people to be led astray. And there had to be a, there had to be a confrontation. And I'm sure it was difficult. But it was right. And they had enough of a relationship and it still didn't go real well. I love that. Because the Bible doesn't sugarcoat stuff either. It, it didn't go real well. Um, uh, the outcome was ultimately good, but the confrontation itself was, was difficult. And so we're taught uh, to ask ourselves a couple of questions. If you're going to confront somebody uh, with this fourth S word, being straightforward with them, and you're only going to do that because you have a relationship with them, you have to ask a couple of questions. Are you really committed to that person's best interest? Because we can say we are, but are we really committed? And what's a logical second question if we answered yes to the first question that we're really biblically committed as an act of kindness to tell somebody what they need to hear, not what they want to hear? and we are committed to them, what's the next most logical question we should ask ourselves? Or what's the next most logical thing we should do? Pray. Pray? Mm -hmm. 
What else? In a practical way. Not that praying isn't practical, it's very practical. What else? Stick with them. Don't don't confront and bail out. Biblically, those that have, have been confronted biblically were confronted by those who in a loving way showed loving kindness and then were willing to stick with them to see them through whatever they needed to be whatever needed to be dealt with. So there's a lot of practical application tonight in this thing that we're calling biblical kindness, you see, because it's so easy, first of all, to say, you know, you're not going to believe. You know, Robert? <laughs> Holy moly. And then, and, and we say that, you know, to, to our friend Billy Bob, and Robert knows nothing about it. Okay? That's an entirely different thing. And me and Robert having a good, close relationship and Robert coming to me and saying, Phil, you know, dude, listen, you know, you're teaching on Wednesday nights and, and, and I know, you know, you're trying to be a, a, a follower of Christ, but, um, uh, you know, when I saw you at the bar the other night, well, uh, he's, he's just doing janitorial work there. Oh, when I saw you at the bar the other night, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think this drinking thing is, I think we got a problem. I think we got a problem. And can we pray? And can I work with you? And I know something about this. And is this a serious problem? And just between you and me, Bill, you know, just between you and me. And then he sticks with it and helps restore me. That's biblical kindness. That's biblical kindness. And the fifth, yes, well, by the way, there are some real practical rules in terms of confrontation. Um, can you think of what they might be if you're going to confront somebody? I just gave you one of them as an example. You go privately to the person. Privately, yeah, yeah. If you're going to confront somebody, uh, if you're going to if you're going to confront them, do it privately, okay? Um, if you're going to compliment somebody, do it publicly. That's we we saw that. And lift them up. That's biblical kindness. Lift somebody up in public. Confront them in private. Correct them. Correct them, okay, in love, and when they're up, okay, correct them when they're up, okay, comfort them when they're down, comfort them when they're down, and so if you'll apply those rules to biblical kindness, you go a long ways towards pleasing the Lord. Okay, the last S word is in Luke 10. And we're not going to read the whole thing. Because you already know the story. Yeah. Luke 10. Okay, This is the classic biblical example of kindness. Because it's the story of the Good Samaritan. Okay, So somebody quickly paraphrase the story of the Good Samaritan in the 15 second version. Well, this man yeah. was, he was not a, a, a Jew, but he found this Jewish man had been robbed and beaten up. Mm-hmm. And so he stopped to help him. I know the priests and all the other holy people passed him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the religious folks, they went on by. Oh, no time to deal with that. I got, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly right. Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reading the Bible in a year. 
and and I haven't got there yet today, so I'm going to get home and I got to open up, you know, the book of Luke, uh, <laughs> and I got and I got to read, um, and so they blew him by, they just blew him off, and the good Samaritan comes by, the one that wasn't expected to help him, and he helps him. He actually put him on his own donkey and took him to a hotel and put him up for the night. And then gave some money to the hotel owner and said, if you need more to take care of him, I'll give it to you when I come back. Yeah. He went all the way, didn't he? Mm -hmm. This dude was all in in terms of being a good Samaritan. That's way different than the motorcycle guy on the video I saw earlier today that got up. That was a good thing. And he helped the little lady across the street. That was wonderful. But then I wondered what was going to happen after that. Because if she couldn't get across the street in the crosswalk, it made me nervous that... Uh, and not, I'm not suggesting that it was his job to stay with her the whole rest of the day, but I, you know, I was just, I was just a little bit nervous about that. But, but what was, in, in this case with the Good Samaritan and with the motorcycle guy, uh, what did they exhibit in terms of when they saw what needed to, to happen and they made it happen? What is that? It's an S word. It, they were sympathetic. Yeah, that's not what I'm thinking of, though. Sacrificial is another good one. That's not the one I'm thinking of. There's another good, a really good S word. I really like it because I'm not very good at it. Spontaneity. With spontaneity, bam, something needed to happen. He saw what needed to be happened. He didn't. Did this guy think twice? The ones that didn't do anything were the ones that thought twice. Oh, no, I'm busy. I got things to do. I've got an appointment. You know, Richie's expecting me at 10, and it's quarter tell, and it's, oh, this moron fell off. He got beat up, and he probably deserved it anyway. I got to go. Huh? The Good Samaritan didn't do that. The Good Samaritan looked, and without any preconceptions, spontaneously looked and jumped in Jumped in the ditch. Jumped to it. That's right. He jumped in the ditch and helped very spontaneously. And so he had compassion on him. And so when do you show kindness? Exactly right. You show it according to Galatians 6.10. Well, let's read that. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us be good to all, especially to those who are in the household of faith. Mm. And the New King James? Uh, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Oh, and the contemporary English version says, we should help people whenever we can, especially if they are followers of the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. What are the key words there? Okay, and I'm talking in terms of being spontaneous. Opportunity. Opportunity. Hello. Opportunity. See, loving kindness, biblical kindness, happens when? When there's an opportunity. Okay, so what did the Good Samaritan do? He was spontaneous when he walked across this opportunity. I don't know what was on his schedule. His day planner, for all I know, was full. But he stopped because that need to show loving kindness trumped anything else that was happening. And I don't know about you, but that's a valuable lesson for me, you see. Because kindness equals compassion. Okay? 
He had compassion for this guy. What else did he have? He had courage because Co- the guy was beaten up by robbers. <laughs> and he didn't know if they were coming back to beat him up. Kindness equals courage. Mm-hmm. What else did he have? It says he went to him. He had no idea that I was going to reject him or not because he was American. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, he took action, so kindness equals action. Okay. All right. It says that he bound up his wounds and he poured oil and wine on them, and he took him. He took them to the. He took them to the inn and told the innkeeper, "Hey, if there's any charges, I'll come back and you can bill me. I'll, I'm, he's as good as covered. I got him covered. Okay. So kindness is both personal and practical." We build it up to be something sometimes that it's not. Kindness is personal and practical. When Doris moves this bench, she's only going to do it because she realizes that I tweaked my back today. <laughs> it's personal and it's very practical. She doesn't want me to hurt my back anymore. That's not true, of course, but uh, you know that w- if that was her motivation, it's personal and it's practical. Okay, so he didn't have to think twice. He just went ahead and did it and opportunity then is the operative word there in terms of the spontaneity. So um, so when should we be kind? When we have an opportunity. And when do those opportunities come? Quite spontaneously everywhere you look. If you're sensitive to those needs around you you would be shocked to find out how many opportunities have passed us by. Mm-hmm. There are many of them. So what doesn't count? When it comes to kindness, <laughs> oh, okay, good enough. Good intentions. Our good intentions are meaningless when it comes to kindness. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, without clothing yourself in kindness as a decision, a conscious decision that you're going to make to please the Lord, to be more Christ-like, to exhibit Christ-likeness. Like the Good Samaritan, without even thinking about it, with spontaneity, and the opportunity arose, and he just did something about it, that exhibition, then, is a fruit of the Spirit. That is a fruit of the Spirit. And so the fruit of the Spirit, in terms of kindness, is fully ripe. Right? It's a fruit. It's fully ripe, and it's ready to harvest when what? When the opportunity comes. Uh Uh-huh. And the five S-words. Sensitive. Supportive. Supportive. Sympathetic. Sympathetic. And spontaneity. Somebody has a pen. (laughs) 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 And... Where do those come from? From the Bible. And as you exhibit these things in our lives, where does that come from? The Holy Spirit. And as a direct result of the Holy Spirit in us, what is our responsibility? to act it is an action word love is action 
kindness is action. Every one of the fruit, and I'll say this until we're done with all of them, every one of the fruit of the Spirit requires us to clothe ourselves in it, make the decision that we desire it because we want to be more Christ-like, and then ask God through the power of His Spirit to walk in the Spirit today, just today, forget tomorrow, just today, so that we can exhibit these things. And for what purpose? Mm -hmm. To glorify God. To glorify God. To glorify God. See, it's a beautiful thing. This kindness thing that we've just barely scratched the surface of, biblically speaking, in terms of all the examples. And if you want to really do a good study on biblical kindness, I would suggest forget kindness. Just do a biblical study on the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. Because everything that he did, everything that he said, everything that he was and is, mm-hmm. is all about that. Mm-hmm. Everything. Always considering others. Mm-hmm. He was even kind. On the cross. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was thinking, clearly on the cross. I was thinking about the time that people like to remember when they get angry to justify their anger when he went into the temple and turned over all the tables. And what was he doing? He's getting rid of the false idols. Yeah, the den of thieves in there according to whichever yeah. Bible translation you're reading out of. And, and so, uh, was that an act of kindness? Well... Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, if you really think about it, I think that that was an act of kindness. There was a lot of confrontation going on there, and what was the motive? The motive was pure. Of course. Well, I just thought of that verse, it's your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, what kind of kindness he did with Lazarus? Yeah. Lazarus was always the best. And not only did he use it to, but it was kind of him to go and give him grief. What's the difference between, we'll end with this, what's the difference between goodness and kindness? I was going to ask you that. But I thought, goodness is next week, you might wait until next week. It takes goodness to be kind. Ah, it takes goodness to be kind. That doesn't answer my question, but that's that, that's a good statement. Okay, so ponder on that, and we'll talk about that next week, because there's a difference between goodness and kindness. Are they closely aligned in length? Oh, you bet. Oh, you bet. And naturally, we would think that, wouldn't we? And we'll take a look at goodness next week, and, and maybe even faithfulness. But... There's a difference between goodness and kindness. And I think really for this week, uh, in terms of this study and these Bible references, just thinking back through the fact that the fruit of the Spirit is kindness and it is a manifestation that comes naturally, that we don't have to think about it. And the Good Samaritan in, in, uh, in the book of Luke that talks about him not having to think about it. It was just who he was. Mm-hmm.
not thinking twice, it was just who he was. He was spontaneous and took the opportunity to naturally just do something self-sacrificially. It's both love and kindness joined together, and the biblical construct for that is loving kindness. <laughs> loving kindness. And then, of course, then the ultimate example uh, is always Jesus, who showed loving kindness in every aspect of his life while he was here. And that's what we can relate to. And he still does, because Jesus is alive. And so, and he still exhibits loving kindness. Otherwise, we would get what we deserve. <laughs> Amen.